and the actors are acting in front of you, it's as if they're acting only for you. I don't restrict their performance. You can never tell from an actor, from a leading actor, what he's going to do. Act yourself, figure out how to rehearse. You just have to do it. Try to not over-talk it or overthink it. Leave some mystery to happen. Because I was an actor myself, I know what they're going for. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about giving the freedom for actors to explore. Make a fool of yourself and the rewards will be gold. Um, this episode is about giving your actors the freedom to make choices, to create characters, to really put themselves out there in a performance way and act big and crazy and wild and weird and most of the times illogical to what you're doing for the piece. But sometimes when an actor does that, uh, gold can be created, amazing performances, amazing choices, choices that you didn't think of that don't you don't think would work logically but somehow do. And then you've really got something unique and interesting for your audiences. Yeah, this episode is is actually very very important to get uh, nuanced and and very uh, unconventional performances, and the reason why we're actually f- are focusing on on speaking about this um, topic is is uh, because of the word uh, giving the freedom, right? Um, we as as human beings and particularly as you know directors or uh, creatives we tend to like or we tend to be put in a position where we need to control our environment we need to control the things we do we need to have everything organized have everything packaged indexed and put um you know in a certain way where we think it should be you know um and you know, and I guess that's that's okay to an extent because when you when you are as a director, you know, making a film or, do, or doing anything uh, in, in line with directing, you know, you are the ultimate decision maker, and that's okay. That's that's fine. You know, but the reason why we're focusing on this is is ultimately the audience watches whatever that you're presenting to them. They have to believe the story or whatever it is that they're watching as if it's happening for the first time, right? And that as if it's happening for the first time is on the basis of um, things in, in spontaneity, you know, and and being, you know, present and not being very uh, conscious and, and controlling of how you're going to do what you're going to do, especially with your actors, the how they're going to do what they're going to do is the least of their worries, right? And this this ties into the conscious, uh, which is the, the intellect and which is what the directors should always have a preface because consciously you are working with with so many decisions in so many different departments that you're trying to put all these pieces together. But at the same time, um, allowing your actors to explore giving the freedom, like the title says, for them to uh, do whatever's necessary um, for them to tap into their unconscious creative selves, right? Which gives those unexpected incomes, uh, outcomes, sorry. 
Um, and you know, there's there's heaps of examples of uh, great artistic uh, and creative and uh, you know people in in history and time that have tapped into their unconscious to to create something that was not expected, that was not um, delivered, that the, the that the conscious mind is aware of, you know, and and kind of you know packaged in, you know, and a person that comes to mind is someone like Salvador Dali. Salvador Dali was a great artist, um, a painter, and he would he would speak about how you know he he would try to induce his hallucination, you know, to access his subconscious, you know, and there's a, there's a quote which which I'll read to you guys from him, and he he says. I am the first to be surprised and often terrified by the images I see appear on my canvas. When when you're actually stating something um, of that nature, you know that he's tapped into something that his audiences would feel as well as he would feel. So how that relates to your actors and their performing, they have to treat it in the same way. They have to be surprised as as much as as they are terrified of of them trying those things having the freedom to make a fool of themselves to have egg on their face to act you know to act like they wouldn't act in their normal daily selves where you know the the breaking of the societal conscious habits is what we're trying to push against in artistic endeavors because at any grasp if you have the you know uh a painting where it's fully and um uh you know consciously done where they're basically copying something from someone else then it's it's not actually coming from their inner selves coming from an expression an artistic expression and that that in itself is at the forefront now we're not saying uh, the actor needs to, you know, get off his, you know, uh, the screen completely and just go haywire and, you know, whatever it is. You you set the boundaries. We've said this before. You set the boundaries within the context of what's going on within the the shot structure, within, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, and then you allow the actors to explore within that uh, structure, within that, let's say, shot size uh, that, you know angle that whatever it is so you can accommodate to them to their exploration and by doing so it does something for your film it, it creates something that has never been seen before even though you 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 know you might see elements of uh as as a director watching it or as an audience watching it you might see glimpses of uh, understanding that glimpse of understanding or that glimpse of um you know knowledge of of what they're doing is usually a reflection of some uh society in aspect whether they're you know over the top or they're not over the top it's it's about breaking those conscious habits breaking those uh what's what's the word breaking the the structures of their own body you know because the actor in themselves when when they're approaching all this uh work they have so many obligations to deal with right they have so many 
things that they got to do. They got to hit the marks. They got to think of their lines. They got to think of their character. They got to think of the action, the obligation, the the other actor, the what's for lunch, what did they just come from, things that are going on at home. There's a million, million things. And as a professional, they can, you know, usually block those things out, you know, and or use those things. Um, but those things are always prevalent there. It's the burden or the heaviness on the shoulders of, you know, someone having to deal with so many things um, yes, they can pull it off. Yes, they can do it, you know, as a professional actor. You know, if you're Sean Penn with with all the pressures of being Sean Penn and a big star or whatever it is, he'd still be able to give you a performance. But if you give Sean Penn the ability to 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 relax and and free him from all the obligations of having to make the scene like you want it to look or or like you thought it should go into, then you never know what he could come up with. You give him that, you know, space to 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 try and 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 whatever he needs to do, you you're fine with it. You're okay. You don't you don't shut down any of these things. You 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 let it rise, you let it you let it boil and and you you look at it as an audience member and and as a director and you realize how does this fit into what's going on it might not fit into it at all but it might give you a different perspective of where it could fit into right so that's something to keep in mind you know and 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 it's it's always been prevalent in all art forms in all um stages of history all great uh you know, artists, inventors, poets, you know, uh, scientists, um, you know, the likes of, I believe it was Thomas Edison or, or, or Da Vinci, or it was a famous inventor that um, basically tried to use their unconscious to, 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 to invent. And, and by, by doing so, what they would do is they would, they would stimulate uh, exhaustion to the point of sleep. And they would sit in a chair and put a um, a bowling ball between their legs and and put their feet in a bucket of water, and they would hold it there, um, you know, to the point where where they're exhausted. And as they were about to fall asleep, they would get glimpses into their subconscious to see what they could come up with. But before they'd fall asleep, obviously the ball or whatever they put between their legs would fall into the water and wake them up. And then suddenly they'd they'd get a piece of pen and paper and, and write that down, right? Now that, that might seem silly or erratic or crazy or whatever it is, but it's an example of how, you know, these, we call them now, these geniuses tapped into something that didn't have societal structures, something that, that wasn't um, so controlled by our conscious mind and tapped into the you know ever flowing subconscious nature of the the creative self and that's something as a as a director you should nurture you should um encourage and if you can you can get up there yourself and 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 do it with the actors to free them you know if you have an actor that's scared of doing these things or they think oh you're crazy or whatever it is you know it's something you should encourage, right? Yeah, I 100% agree that as a director, if your actors are scared to be made a fool of, then you go and make yourself a fool and you show 
what you're after or like, you know, an example of what you're after. Not exactly like, I want you to act like this. We're definitely not saying that, but we're saying like in this ballpark, like make mistakes. And the great thing about filmmaking today um, is that it's digital. We're using digital technology. Um, you can film as much as you want. There's just, you can just record for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. There's no film reels where you've only got four minutes in the can and, you know, every reel costs so much money to produce and process to, to become a final product. We live in an age where you have as much paper and as much pens and paints and pencils as you have to create something. So why not, you know, not waste a couple of takes, but use a whole bunch of takes to try different things that may not be, you know, logical for the scene or that is really weird and out there. Because film, movies, they're they're basically dreams. They're basically dreams recreated for entertainment. It's not a carbon copy of real life, you know, like, most of our lives are generally boring and they're mundane and it's day to day and nothing really happens. And, you know, once in a blue moon, exciting things happen, you know. I mean, some people have more exciting things happen to them uh, frequently, but most of us, most of society, most of what we live in, it's, it's quite boring and mundane. But in film, in storytelling... What are we telling? What stories are we telling? We're telling the most exciting things that are beyond what's happening in real life. You know, murder, going to jail, going to outer space, going back in time, going, you know, like absolute madness. It's crazy. I mean, going in film and acting as certain characters and in certain films and doing things, it's complete madness you go what are we doing we're grown adults making films and this is what we're doing we're playing with lightsabers and shooting toy guns and we're jumping off cars and we're doing all kinds of lunacy and and, and craziness um you know we're acting drunk we're acting psychotic we're acting like we've been hallucinated by a watch it's absolutely madness so why are we asking our actors to act logically why are we asking our actors to to you know just to to, to draw within the lines no art is about cre creativity it's about exploring the unknown and there's going to be times and moments where you want your actors to to try different things and try moments um just thinking about the Joker, for example, um, the bathroom scene. The bathroom scene, um, you know, is like one of the most memorable scenes in the movie. And, you know, he was supposed to look into the mirror and, you know, have this monologue, you know, to himself and then drop the gun and, you know, kind of like kind of be happy but kind of not and, you know, that he's becoming the Joker and, but they they look they you know they they tried to do the script and it didn't work, and then so what uh, Todd Phillips did is he played some music, uh, he got the score already composed for the Joker and he had it playing and you know and gave 
Joaquin Phoenix the freedom to start dancing to the music. Like that was his choice to dance to the music and be in a euphoric state of this is what I've done. I mean, that is a brilliant, wild choice. And it's one of the most memorable scenes of the of the movie. It's like in all the advertising, it's in all the stills, it's in all the trailers. Like this is a moment that wasn't there on paper, but was there because Todd Phillips gave Joaquin Phoenix the freedom to explore and experiment. Another scene is um, when Joaquin Phoenix like empties out the fridge and jumps into the refrigerator. That wasn't in the script. That was totally improvised. That was totally like, okay, we're going to set up the camera in the kitchen. Okay, Joaquin Phoenix, whatever you're thinking, whatever you think you want to do, do it. Go for it. And that's what he did. Now, it might not have worked that that moment. You know, maybe it's illogical. Why is he hiding in a fridge? Why is he? What? what how does that? How does that make sense? I mean, he's a chaotic person. He's a chaotic clown. You know, wouldn't? Why is he containing himself? Why is he hiding? You know, like why? 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 Why that choice? Why the fridge? Why? Why go into that? You know, he's not he's not playing Mr. Freeze. He's playing the Joker. Why is he going into a, a refrigerator? You know, it doesn't it, logically it doesn't make sense, but for some reason, whatever reason, he did this choice and, you know, then you can think about it. You can go to go, "Well, why why did he jump into the fridge? What what, what makes sense, you know? Like he's still in that transformation of becoming the Joker." Maybe he needs, you know, to go to, to be in an insane place to become insane. You know what I mean? To be sane. To Yeah, to go into an insane place to be sane. Like, why the refrigerator? Why, you know, why do that, you know? And he could have just taken it all logically and methodically. No, he rips it all fucking out. He jumps in and he locks himself into the, into the, into the uh, fridge. So that's... Very, very illogical. That's very foolish. And that's what we're talking about is having our actors be fools and not be censored and go, oh, so- sorry, Mr. Phoenix, uh, please, uh, you know, I don't think that's uh, logical. I don't think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking something crazy. Maybe you could, you know, run around and scream and yell. But um, yeah, this is what I want. No, it's, it's just like, hey, his freedom to explore, you know? If it doesn't work, we won't add it in, in the film. If it doesn't make sense at the end of the day, we won't add it. But give permission, give the ticket for that actor to jump in the f- the fridge and explore, like give him permission. And then, and you don't have to do this when you're filming and you're on a tight schedule because most of us are going to be budget filmmakers. We're only going to have seven days. Do this in your rehearsals. Do this during auditions. This is where, you know, you really need to see if the actor does it. You should be doing this from the moment you see your actors, you should be getting them the freedom and the opportunity to explore and be and make themselves a fool and see how they are. Because if they are self-conscious about being a fool, if they're self-conscious about being made fun of after doing certain choices, then you don't have an actor. You don't have someone you can work with. So you need to make sure that the actor is capable of acting in a way that's big and loud 
and crazy and somewhat illogical sometimes because that's an actor you can work with. That's an actor that whatever direction or whatever inspiration hits, that actor can go to that limit or level and perform and act it. If an act, if an actor is self-conscious and is trying to maintain an image of, oh, I'm this really good-looking actor, you know, I, I played all these serious roles and, you know, pe- people see me a certain way, but if I start juggling and being on a unicycle, you know, with with face paint and, and makeup and stuff, well, you know, that's going to give a certain image of what I'm not. I'm going to be made a fool of and people are going to laugh at me because this is ridiculous. Then you don't want that. That is a scary place to be as a director um, and as a co-star. You definitely do not want to be with someone that is trying to maintain an image. You want someone that is going to serve the story to the best of their ability. Yeah, it's... um. It's some good points you make there. And uh, when you say, you know, being kind of over the top of the first uh, actor, because that kind of comes to mind, I guess, to most people would be uh, Robin Williams. You know, when you look at him, it's very obvious that, you know, Robin Williams, nobody could replicate Robin, Robin Williams. And he had such a, like, over the top, really large, you know, erratic energy. And it was so unpredictable, um, you know, and sometimes all over the place um but at other times when he would do even serious roles like there's a there's an interview where he worked on the film awakenings with uh, robert de niro um you know he played a serious role he was a i believe he was a doctor in that yeah psychiatrist psychiatrist um where he played like a I was based on a real life psychiatrist and um in between takes he would still you know do all these over the top things it would make people laugh because he's a comedian make a fool of himself but um you know but when he came time to it you know he would he would i believe he would clear that out of his system and then be able to do the scene you know um in in a way where it's you know more grounded and more on a human perspective we're not saying that these things are just for like performances where they're like the joker where they're over the top where they're these like uh, mythological characters you know it's it's also you know on the basis of you know when you have just a, a normal drama you know or you have a, any genre any piece any anything that you do with your actors your mantra should be do it wrong before you do it right if you see the actor doing it right m- say to yourself I need them to do it wrong before they can do it right. Because if they're trying to do it right, they're putting index cards into their brain on all the obligations that they need to be, um, you know, hitting in order to, you know, impress the director, impress, you know, whoever's watching because, you know, they, they need that feedback. Unfortunately, you know, that's that's who they are. It's them up there looking at you know, being exposed and, and um, you know, they're being judged basically by every single person watching them. So do it wrong before you do it right is a, is a really good mantra. Um, and and a director that, that just came to mind is um, is uh, Taika Waititi. If you guys haven't seen, you know, a few of his films, go watch it. I mean, his films are very zany, very comedic, and they have this kind of um, you know, certain energy to them. 
where it's you know uh, obviously comedies you know tend to be described more as a little bit over the top certain comedies of his especially but um he and i've heard this you know from actors that have worked with him on his recent film jojo rabbit he basically he was he played uh adolf hitler in it and he played the um and he was also directing it so um the actors that came to set they took it upon him to see how he basically treated his own scenes because he's obviously the director um you know they wanted to see how he you know test him to see how it works or whatever it is and when they saw how you know how he was trying so many things so many spontaneous you know out there crazy things you know just from take to take that he looked like he didn't even know what he was doing right that's what it looked like that all the other actors just went oh hang on we're allowed to do that we we can do that and suddenly you know they said it it felt a lot more relaxing a lot more enjoyable you know a lot a lot easier for them not to be so obligated to you know have the accent down have the lines down have you know have to hit the marks have to hit all these other things you know and look i understand you know cinematographers um working with with directors they need to have you know the lighting down the 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 marks in place the uh all the configurations to 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 get the shot to make it look uh the way it needs to tell the story but i've also heard certain uh you know famous cinematographers actually be understanding of the acting process and understanding of it that um you know they they'd say i cannot remember i cannot remember the direct uh, cinematographer that said it but he would say you know i i was i've worked on plenty of of big feature films and ones with with a-listers and big stars and people that have got entourages that come in and you know a thousand people talking to them and you know we'd be shooting the scene and you can see the um the the ease of 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 the actors because they've been doing it for such a long time that or you know have been in in the pressure zone um that they're able to still when the lights turn on the camera goes they're still able to let all that stuff go and be you know as as loose as they need to be because um you know the the only time he would say is is if it would be a big scene where he would see um certain pressures on the actor like for example you know where um you'd have long dialogue from let's say a david fincher film and a long exposition monologue um that they would also need to not only get the words right the way it was written but also to hit all the obligations of where the lights are going to be hit their marks hit um so they don't get in and out of focus be in frame all that stuff right he would say that um upon seeing that he wouldn't actually approach the actors and say hey i need you to keep your head still because i'm losing you from this light he would go yeah crap it's this is this is a lot of pressure for them to get it we might need to do it you know in a few takes and he said look they would fumble it they would fumble the scene like they would you know if if they would fuck up the the lines or you know not hit the marks or whatever it is the director that would be there they would be forgiving they would usually either do a pick up 
or they would just let it let it go, let it keep going. And them being a professional actor um, and director, it will have that understanding of like, yeah, I don't need to get it right. I realize now that since I've done a few takes with you, I'll just go with that. I'll just go with, you know, with with whatever, even if I fucked it up. Maybe you could use it. Maybe you won't. Maybe you will, you know. But it's it's that thing of, you know, um, even in the simple moments, like the film Sound of Metal, you know, that, um, that uh, scene with uh, Riz Ahmed where he's sitting in, in, in that room and he's supposed to take notes and he gets, um, I believe it's, is it a muffin that he's, he's eating or he's given something? He's given he's giving a piece of food on a plate by one of one of the uh, people at, at the at the ranch, and he walks he walks in there and he sits down and he's gonna have his tea and 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 coffee and it's sitting there, um, which it wasn't there previously, but it was given by this person, and in the scene I, I believe that it was written as he's just supposed to sit there and be uncomfortable or whatever it is, but. Um, Riz Ahmed talks about it. He actually um, talks about it with an interview with Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix, of all people, asked him, you know, what? how did you come to that moment? It was so brilliant of what you did. And he's like, I don't know. He goes, I don't know why I did it, but I, I just did it, you know. And, and all he did was he just, he put his hand over it and he just, he just squished it. And he was just like, he, whatever it was, that piece of food, I can't remember, but he just, he just took it apart, you know, and it was just, it's just a really simple, honest, nice moment. And for the hell of him, he said, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't plan it. You know, it was nothing that was conscious. You know, it was it was something to be, you know, uh, unconsciously made of. And the director gave him that ability to to try it, you know, but not also try it. He actually used it in the takes, you know. So you need to understand that that exploration is not only just for rehearsals, you know, it's it's more often once it happens and the actor doesn't know, like Riz Ahmed saying, oh, I don't know why I did it or whatever it is, um, it's, it's more often than not that that should be what is being shot because you can't recreate it if the actor doesn't know. You know, if Salvador Dali is painting a painting, painting and he's surprised by it, well, can you imagine what the audience will be surprised by it? you know so take that into consideration yeah absolutely i mean i think tom cruise says you know he does all his research you know as much research as he can before he does a role and then once he's on set he lets all that research go i mean it's all about being in the moment and 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 being in the moment and playing the the performance and playing the role and just leaving all the research like just trust that the research is there and that would be the same for Riz Ahmed. Like he did like a lot of research about being deaf and about being a heavy metal drummer. Like he would have done like so much research. So he would have had, you know, all that, all, all the pieces, all the logical pieces in his brain, but he let it go. He, he dropped that and, and, you know, he didn't have, he didn't know what he was doing but he had all the pieces where it made sense to him illogically or logically to to do that with with the muffin so you have to trust that the actor 
you know, has done his research, has done all the stuff that he can possibly do, and that things are going to be, could be different than what you'd expect from all that research. Because then the actor just drops it and, you know, but that's the thing, like heavy metal, you think it's destructive, you know, like if he's smashing something, it's like, you know, is is the muffin like a, a, a drum a drum kit? Like after, like in hindsight, we can break it down and go, oh yeah, this makes sense for the character to do it, you know, because he's frustrated that he's deaf and like, you know, he wants to get back to his world and, you know, like it's this, it's this, you know, to accept this food from this community of deaf people, you know, is that accepting defeat? Is that accepting that I'm a part of this world now and I belong in this community? You know, but if I destroy it, that means that my, my, my rebellious nature of being a heavy metal drummer, I belong there in that world. You know what I mean? So if you think of it, if you see this scene, if you see this moment as a director and you go, okay, like, taking all those things into consideration. That makes sense. It, 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 it was illogical at the time. Like, why the fuck did you do that with the muffin? But now I'm like breaking it down. Like, yeah, that actually makes sense. Sweet. I'm going to put that in the film because logically that makes sense of why, you know, a character could possibly do that in that moment. So that's what you have to think about as a director is letting the unconventional, the illogical happen. And then can you justify it? And if you can, great. Put it in your film. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I even think about, you know, if you want to look at, you know, giving actors freedom, uh, look at Judd Apatow films. Uh, his early comedies, like 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up. You know, you can see the uh, outtakes of actors coming in and they're just trying and saying funny lines. And apparently uh, Jane Lynch was talking about it. She says like it was almost like uh, an improv, like a whose line is it anyway scenario where there'd be all these different actors on the bench and they'd be doing the um, the electronic uh, the electronic electronic store in Forty um, Year Old Virgin because they all worked here and they had all the workers, all the possible people that would work there. And they would just be like going up into the scene of like they're part of the scene, like they're like these other characters that are with Steve Carell and they're reacting to him and they would just have them like, okay, you now you say a line. Now you react to the line in a funny way. Now you say something crazy, you know what I mean? And they would just go and constantly rotate and then find the funniest line and they try and like out-funny each other or say something like totally weird and random that would make sense for the story of reacting in a crazy way. You know, he wasn't written, like he had a written thing of like how to react to this scene or the scenario, but then he just gave all his actors permission, like you're all funny fuckers, get up there and, you know, do your thing, improvise, you know, react in an absolutely outrageous way that your character would react. And, you know, if it's funny, I'll put it in the film. If it's not, then, you know, like, hey, you made us laugh for the day, like you create this amazing environment where you feel comfortable to say anything, to joke, to be relaxed in the moment that we're all fools, that we're all having a great time. And, you know, if that happens on your set, if you're all having a good time, you're all crazy, you're, you're all fools, you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to translate into the film. It's going to translate into your product, you know. You can tell um, when 
if if people are having a good time on set, it translates to like a lot of the time it can translate into a into a great film because everyone's relaxed, everyone's in the moment, and everyone's not afraid to have egg on their face. But if you're self conscious and going, oh, this is rubbish, oh, this is this is painful, the camera will pick that up. You know, um, I think. Uh, um, yeah, the camera will pick it up if you if if you, if the camera will pick it up if you're having a bad time. So you don't want that. You want foolishness and whatever the project is, just to give it a lot of gusto, um, and the results will 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 prove themselves. Yeah, ultimately, it's you know all these things we say. Ultimately, it comes down to you know um, having a relaxed atmosphere you know, having a relaxed working environment because nobody likes nobody likes going to work um, where there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of, you know, negativity and, and you know, you don't want to be there. You know, maybe in your nine-to-five job, you have to be there to, to make money and, you know, maybe you might need to be on a film set where you might need to direct a commercial or something of of sorts where you know you're selling toothpaste and you're not you know so passionate about it It doesn't mean you can't control uh, have a you know relaxed controlled environment you know one where there's you know a lightness to it rather than you know actually hating for what it is because at the end of the day um you know if you're really passionate about it it doesn't matter whether you're directing a toothpaste commercial or if you're acting a, a bold and the beautiful or if you're doing your own passion project you know you should always have that little um enjoyment you know to to what it is that that you're trying to learn in that project even if it's like something that you've never tried before it's it's something that sparks that that ease and that that lightness and and that has to translate to you know you as a person because as a director, you're spearheading it and everyone is looking towards you, you know, and you create that through your energy that you're you're expounding. And if your actors have to come in there and go, oh, no, I have to work with this person, and then it's it's just, it seizes them up and it, it gives the opposite of relaxation. It, it, it creates tension and tension is is not creative. Tension is, is usually where mistakes happen because people have expectations they have suppressions and they're they're just you know um they're overwhelmed you know from from just not wanting to be there basically so i think um if anything it's is the most important thing when uh when you're doing your your projects uh where you have the time to to find and, and source the actors to look at them uh, in the audition process and see what uh, what they bring in terms of fool's gold, you know, in terms of the ability to ask them to, to do certain things, um, not, not for the sake of your own ego, just to watch them flop around like chickens, but the, the fact that, you know, you see that they're not inhibited to, to get it right, you know, to, 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 to have it a certain way that you tell them or a certain way that needs to be done because that's that's the actors um that most likely you will only be able to get one side of the 
performance because they they won't be able to access their unconscious and 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 their creative deep creative selves you know and there was a great acting teacher you know an actor by the name of michael uh, chekhov and he would basically be an advocate for it you know he would be an advocate for the deep conscious selves you know he would he would always uh, say that you know um the intellect sits like an axe murderer waiting in your head to kill any signs of life it's it's that deep rooted uh wanting to have everything a certain way that we all think our standards of of perfection are what what we think things should look like or how the how the project needs to be or perceived or whatever it is look there are aspects of it where you have those guidelines you do the research you have the 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 tone the look the feel the um the set design the all the implications of uh the departments working together to to help you see your vision because that's the cliche it's basically your vision that you're expounding but you are working with other people's uh deep creative selves you know and i for one if i'm working with a production designer knowing that you know they've probably spent their whole life learning about you know fashion and and you know production and knowing just that niche uh thing that it is that they they bring to it of course they'd have more deeper unconscious creative ideas based on what you suggest you know or what they suggest so the same happens with when when you work with your actors it you don't have to tell them all right you know um be a fool now you know okay you know act act crazy or whatever it is no you just you either show them just like Taika Waititi did you know by you know dressing up as 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 Hitler playing you know the 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 comedy version of of Hitler but also playing outside of the the bounds of how you know everybody would have perceived him to be Hitler you know or how he would have actually done that scene so giving that you know basis of that kind of setting that standard is is just so rewarding for you because the actors will just bring something that you you'd never imagine you know and um i know we've spoken about the the safty brothers before but um you know they they're big proponents of of you know working that way i know when when they did uncut gems they spoke about how they it took them you know over 800 drafts to get the script right but even when they were shooting you know they didn't say oh we did 800 drafts so you have to stick with these lines or stick with these things no when they came to set they realized the lines that were given by you know um Adam Sandler and the other characters they started to sound very stale and they they possibly didn't know why but they had it upon themselves to 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 change it to 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 keep it fresh you know and they told the cinematographer you know as the cinematographer would say um you know well how do you how do you want me to light this how are we going to do this they just said well you're just going to need to follow them because we we don't know either basically you know and he, he was like what like what what <laughs> like it's insanity like it needs to be a bit more control but they realized that the whole thing would fall on the backs of this of this whole story and they didn't want the story to sound like a 800 rewritten draft 
script. So they did it in any power that they knew in their own way, in their own method. They allowed Adam Sandler to, 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 to keep, you know, tweaking, to keep changing. You know, they would throw lines at him between, you know, during the take, between the takes. They would throw questions at him. They would just try this, do that, try this, blah, blah, blah. And he would, he would just do it. He would just, whatever they would do, he would just, he would just do it. He would just, whatever it is, whatever it is. And when you watch it, you just, you feel like it's, it's not even a film. It has this, like a day in the life of, with so much consequences that you get lost in the actual story and you're not going, well, this is a nice picture. This is, this is a beautiful historic cinematic moment. No, I guess it's, it's their style or whatever you want to call it. But the underlying thing is what Dean and I speak about is always the root of the performance that that holds that story up yeah absolutely and the thing is as well like going on on that example like they would have filmed that that 800 draft take they would have had that 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 take and that performance and to see what they have they would have tried it and said okay this is what we're gonna we're gonna do this is what it sounds like and then they would probably would have gone, okay, now just do it or, you know, rehearse it. Okay, we're about to go to take. Oh, actually, that's better. And then, but they would have done that first. They would have done what was written on the page first. And then they would have gone, hey, hold on a minute. You know, you improvised the line there or you did this or you moved there. I didn't think of that. Okay, well, let's change this. Let's go with that. But, the, you know, at the end of the day, you still generally you want to start with your foundation of like what what we know, what we've decided, what we're working on. So we've got that outline or that structure of where we want it to end up. But how they get there, you know, that's that's where some that's where the magic is, you know, it's, as as you know the basic of basic philosophies it's not it's not the destination it's the journey so you know make it a foolish one and make it wild and unpredictable and free-flowing and and you know wondrous things will happen so uh that's it for me yeah that's it for me man thanks thanks for this chat yeah you too all right see you guys next time see you guys next time thanks thanks bye